and you know, so often I, I think about this and I've thought about this recently, maybe because of preparing for time with you, but I know so many exceptional leaders that just, you know, kill it on the job, right? I mean, they are just wonderful at what they do. And then they, they don't take care of themselves and let that translate into the home. They just give it all to their organization and that role, that title. And it's like, that's, that's such a huge miss. And we all can fall into that if we're not careful, like you were talking about, about having that wise counsel around you, really, you know, stripping down, what is it about these people that I look up to that, you know, I aspire to be like someday, what are they doing? And like you said, there's often a pattern there. And um, it's hard for people, especially those in leadership, to say that they need help. You know, that, you know, they have questions and to seek counseling and just to recognize, at least for some, that I need to be able to do this better. You know, I'm right. failing in the home. If we fail in the home, that's just, we fail, mm -hmm. you know? So, so yeah, we have to work twice as hard and there's all kinds of strategies out there to help people with that transition from home or from work to home, you know, play some worship music, you know, just give yourself a little bit of quiet time, whatever you need to do, because when you walk in that door, especially when they're little, they're just, they're waiting for you, you know, and it's like, it, it should be your best, the best part of your day. So get your, yourself right and be ready for that. Um, they deserve it. They deserve yeah. it. So for some of our listeners, Dayton, and you kind of talked about shame, which actually during, there was a time um, that I was holding a lot of that. And um, the announcer for the Royals actually wrote a book on that. And it, it changed my life. It really did. It had, a, it had a great impact on how to look at anxiety and shame and just all, all those things. But for some people, um, they haven't had this incredible team around them or they don't have the, the qualities to really um, do the things that you're, you're saying are important to do. They've had people, maybe influential people like a parent or a coach or um, a teammate say really negative things to them, tell them that they're not a winner, that they don't measure up, that they can't win in life. And that's the, that's the thing that they've really bought into. Um, or maybe it's that, that voice that we all face, you know, that the voice of, you know, the enemy whispering lies to us. And so what would you say to that person that just yeah. is having a tough time believing that they can win? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, the, the, the first thing I think of when you're describing that is like, first thing I want to do is say, I'm sorry. Oh you know, I'm, I'm sorry that um, you have experienced that. And you know, I've dealt with 16 to 25 year olds my entire professional life. And um, I, I found that a lot of players, male athletes, um, deal with it in one of two ways. They, they either shut down, they, they're a little fearful uh, to try new things because they don't expect good outcomes, or they, they put a chip on their shoulders and they're really fearless and reckless and um, uh, uh, bitter at times. They're the individuals that when they do succeed, you know, they want to stick their finger in the, in the air to everybody, if you will, their nose in the air and just say, I told you so. I'm, um, and so neither one are really truly healthy, Miranda, I found, because eventually, you know, all those behaviors um, can 
will, will affect you in a negative way. And so I don't have a great answer for that, only in the fact that um, you, you talk about, um, you know, uh, some of the, the aspects of, of self-doubt and um, it reminds me of just the importance of being an encourager all the time. I get asked from time to time, how do you motivate people? Really, the only way I've found is you, you speak positivity in their life. You believe in them. You tell them they can do it. Uh, even if you have doubts yourself as a leader that they can do it, encourage them. Tell them to keep dreaming. Tell them, tell them to keep trying. Uh, you, you, you've got to believe in them. I've found that most players, most males anyway, get a lot of their self-esteem from their mother. If they couldn't please their mother, um, they've lacked some self-esteem. And if their mother was with them unconditionally and kept believing them and, and supporting them through thick and thin, and, and uh, you know, they, they, pr they had pretty good self-esteem. I mean, I take a player like Salvador Perez, for example, who, who grew up without a father in, in his life on a daily basis. And we all know that that's, that's a tough challenge to overcome as well. But his mother and his grandmother raised him and they believed in him. And, you know, Salvi, whatever Salvi did as a kid growing up, it, it was the greatest thing in the history of the earth, right? And so Salvi believed in himself and still believes in himself. Now, he's got things that he deals with as well. But, you know, and from a spiritual standpoint, I mean, look, this thing, the way I believe, everything in life is spiritual warfare. You're always, I mean, it's when, and it's, uh, when you're going good, you know, evil will tell you, man, you're the best. I told you you could do it. You didn't need anybody else. Don't give that other person credit for helping you. You did it all yourself. You're, you're exceptional. That's a lie. People helped you. People modeled behavior. People came alongside of you. People prayed for you. People picked you up in the elevator that morning and just said, good morning. You look great today. And it just brightened your day, even though you weren't feeling great. I mean, so people helped you along the way. And then when you're going bad or you make mistakes, what does evil tell you? Evil tells you you're worthless. Your parent was right. Your uncle was, your, was right on. Your brother who said you would never make it, he was right. Society said that you couldn't do it. Um, you know, it, it just continues to, to beat up on you. And that's why it's so important. Our faith is crucial to us, right? I mean, so I, our kids have asked me from time to time and our girls were competitive dancers and our son has is, is is, is worked hard to, to play this game of baseball in a family, in an environment where the expectations are really high from the outside world because his dad's worked in baseball and he should be this superhuman player and he's had all these advantages and 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 what have you right and so it's 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 a challenge for all of our kids and so but truthfully the only thing our kids want to hear from us is i love watching you play i love watching you perform what can i do to help great job nice try that's really all that they, they want to hear from us. Right. And so it's, um, I mean, and that's the support structure that we should be providing, you know, for our kids. But again, the faith aspect of it is so important and so crucial when you're trying to fight off, you know, the, the evilness of your, you know, your, 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 or your pride gets in the way or you stay wounded in life. And uh, I mean, I, to me, it's just so important and, and so crucial. And again, to have people around you, they're going to speak positivity in your life. I mean, people are either, they're either adding to your life or they're destroying your life. That's the one or two, they're either adding to your life or destroying your life. And, 
And we don't have time to be around naysayers or people that are bringing us down or doesn't think we're good enough. I mean, we, we've got to move past that and, and try to work hard to, to get through that. Um, but the only way I found to, to, to truthfully do that is through spiritual guidance, through prayer, through scripture, uh, knowing that um, I, I serve a God who believes in me and has great plans for me. So I asked my kids this question from time to time. There's only one team in the world that you'll never get cut from. And in fact, you don't even have to try out for that team. You just have to say, I want to be on your team. Yeah. And that's God's team. Yep. He'll, never, he'll never cut you. Mm -hmm. He'll find a role for you. Mm -hmm. You'll always play. Mm -hmm. You just got to say, use me, God. Yes. I want to be on your team. And you're not going to get cut. And that's the greatest team in the world. That's the greatest team to be on. It's not, it's not the University of Arkansas. It's not Broadway. It's not you know, uh, the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, that, that's not the best team that you can be on. The best team you could ever be on is God's team. And you don't have to try out. You just have to say, I want to be on it. And you're, and you're on the team, the best team in the world. Best team in the world, Dayton. That's right. I love it. Oh, so many things I want to say to that. You know, it makes me think of my time in the classroom when I would always tell students, surround yourself with people who make you better. Surround yourself with people who make you better. And, um, you know, it's, it also connects to, for those people that, you know, those voices are amplified that are negative. Um, you said it a little bit ago, you can't really change people, but you sure can pray for them. And so, you know, maybe um, they're in your life for a season and you, and they can learn from you from the example that you set. Um, and, and like you said earlier too, just give your best, give your best to love on them, meet them right where they're at. And, um, but you know, for, and then I'm switching gears too. I'm thinking about how you said all kids really want to hear is I love watching you play. And I, I heard that once, or maybe I read it in an article and I was like, that's so true. That's, that's what I want to say. And, but the temptation sometimes for many of the women and men in the stands after a game is to just tell, um, their player all the things. Can you speak into that a little bit at all? Because I'm sure you've been there as a father and then as a coach. Oh my goodness, you wear so many hats there. So how have you dealt with that? Well, first of all, I'm far from perfect. And, um, you know, I need to follow my own advice at times, okay? Because, but I, I never really let, I never let our kids, uh, especially our son, make any excuses. I never let them blame the coach. I never let them blame the umpire or the official or their teammate. Um, that's really the, the time that I would get very direct and very pointed mm -hmm. um, and maybe raise my voice a little bit because there, there are no excuses. You can't blame other people. That doesn't work that way in life. It's not the teacher's fault, son, daughter. You have to adjust. It's not the coach's fault you have to adjust. It's not your teammates fault because they made a mistake or the umpire or the official. I mean, you have to be accountable for that. But, you know, at the end of the day, sports is the, one of the greatest platforms in the world to help grow our young people as leaders. And you have to look at that. And so as a, as a, as a father, I always embrace those opportunities when our son or our daughters failed at something 
because I knew it was an unbelievable opportunity to teach and learn and to grow. Look, this, this whole thing in life is about simply this, whoever overcomes failure and understands that failures for our learning, setbacks, failure, whatever you want to call it, temporary dis disruptions as some people refer them to, it's for your learning. And whoever overcomes them the best and deals with them the best is probably going to have the most success. So embrace those times of failure. Thank God they happen. Look, look, see how we can get better and grow from them. John Smoltz was on a, a, a Zoom call with all of our staff the other day, and John Smoltz talked about Hall of Fame pitcher and one of the greatest people I know uh, in this game. And he said he learned so much more from failure than he did his successes. And he was so thankful for his failures. And so when our kids fail or they don't, they're not put in the lineup or they get taken out of the lineup, um, use it as an opportunity, listen, listen to them because they're hurting. Because that is, that is their demotion in their job at 27, 28, or 35, or 50. That is their marriage crisis. That is their son or daughter dealing with an addiction. I mean, it's really important to them. So listen to them. Help them manage through it. And you know what? If you can't have uh, an unemotional conversation about the failures of your son or daughter in the dance world, in the sports world, what makes you think that when they're going through that first year of marriage and things are a little challenging, what makes you think they're going to reach out to you and discuss that situation with you? Or if they're having an, an issue at work uh, or they're having some type of addiction, do you think they're going to reach out and discuss that with you if they haven't been able to have those unemotional and balanced discussions with you as a youngster dealing with their sport uh, or their, their hobby or, or whatever it is. And so you've got to develop those relationships now. And so the truthfully, at the end of the day, the end game for me is <clears throat> I want my children and my grandchildren to come home for Christmas and Thanksgiving and to come over for Sunday dinner and to be able to celebrate birthdays with them. And so if I want that to happen someday, I better... I better make sure that relationship is, is balanced and one of easy conversation, if you will, or one of care and love and acceptance and unconditional love now is when, when they're young or it's never going to happen to the level I want it to be in the future. And, and look, if you've been through those situations now, there's always hope, there's always change will occur. I mean, the great thing about our lives is whether we realize it or not, God is always pursuing us. He's never asleep. He's never, he's always working in our lives and, and, and he, he will continue to work in our lives. And so that's, that's the hope I have in that on the days that I messed it up. But when I did mess it up, I always went to our center and said, look, you know what? I was wrong. And, and we would pray together and I would ask God forgiveness in front of my children um, for the way maybe I acted or something that I said mm -hmm. because my flesh took over my mind. That's so powerful. Took over my mind and my heart. In your heart, right. Well, and that's just such a great reminder, Dayton, that do our actions match up with what we say? Right. Because we can say one thing, but if we do another, our children are smart. They know. You know, and I love, though, that you had a hard line with 
you know, no excuses. And that's actually, when you said that, that's my, my one word for the year is no excuses. But when you have the relationship and partnership with that, um, they know that you have their best interests at heart, you know, right. and I think it's great that in the home, um, children can learn that feedback doesn't mean, I mean, you need to learn to embrace feedback, you know, especially if you want to be a winner and a leader in anything that yeah. you do. Um, and that can be really hard um, for students, you know, young adults to accept, especially those that are super competitive or just have natural born talent and skill, right? So, um, so well, let me, let me say something about that. And, and so the, 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 the players and the people that I've been associated with that are very high achievers, mm -hmm. one of the, the commonality that a lot of them share is they crave information. Mm -hmm. They, they want to be coached. They want to be taught. Um, they, they want to reach their full potential. They want to reach their ceiling. So they're always embracing information they have a growth mindset they're always trying to get better they're never satisfied with the status quo in fact mediocrity makes them get sick i mean they want to puke with mediocrity i mean they they yeah. really have a high achievement level now th there's also you've got to be careful with that because those same individuals will will kind of win at all costs in fact sometimes they'll cheat to win right and so you've got to teach them to compete properly and it's great to compete and you, you want competitors, but you want them to learn to compete for one another, compete for their teammates, compete for their family members, compete for the other people in their, in the organization or in the city or in our country. Right. And that's why it, it, it really hurts me when, um, you know, in our country, when we have this division and there's not as much unity as there should be, because we, we, you know, scripture tells us, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Abraham Lincoln scored, quoted that scripture during the, his presidency, during the Civil War, and it's just so true. And so, but to compete properly, you want to be able to compete for one another. Yes, you need information. You want constructive criticism. We should all embrace constructive criticism. But I've learned that criticism comes at us in one of two ways, Miranda. People are either looking at us with a critical eye or a critical spirit. Thank God those people that are looking at us with a critical eye. They're usually the people that love us the most, care about us the most. They help shape us and mold us. They're speaking truth into our lives. We need those people. We want them to help us uncover blind spots. And in fact, as a high achieving person, you should be asking somebody constantly, what am I missing? Where are my blind spots? Coach me through this part of my life. But then there's people that are looking at us with a critical spirit and those people we can't please. We can probably do nothing right. Um, even if we think we're agreeing with them just to keep the peace, they change gears on us. I mean, we can't please these people. I've learned to just give that away. Our faith allows us to do that, to forgive them, pray for them, as you mentioned, and move on and not stay wounded and, and stay beat up by those that are looking at us with a critical spirit because I can't do anything about it anyway. There's probably a reason that they are looking at you and I with a critical spirit. It has nothing to do with you or I, though. It's something deeper in their lives, and only Jesus can rescue them from that. Amen. And that was actually one of my questions that I had for you, Dayton, is just the very fact that the world, what the world celebrates and what God celebrates are two different things. And so you really 
you know, gave some great things to think about there. Um, just going back and thinking about your own children, I, I imagine that was much of the conversation that you had with them. You know, there's things that you can change, things that you can't change. I really love that, you know, that people look at you with either a critical eye or, or, or spiritually look at you critically in that way. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, my, my son and daughter, 11 and eight years old, or even if they're older and listeners are, are thinking about their own children, you know, how do you balance those worldly aspirations that are very normal, um, but also with being kingdom minded and really staying focused on kingdom wins? Were, were you just, did you just have those kind of conversations with your own children? Well, yes. And I mean, personally, I still battle with that today. And so, um, you know, I, I, was, I was talking to our, our family around the dinner table uh, two nights ago. And uh, I said, you know what, I, I want to start investing even more in people and less in the market and less in my finances. And so our treasures, we need to store our treasures in heaven instead of on this earth, right? And so um, scripture tells us that, what you just said. And so, uh, but here, here's what happens, Miranda, I've found. And again, I, I live in a, a very, uh, uh, I guess, uh, an area of, 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 of society, uh, a sport that it's all about comparison, right? People are always comparison, comparing, right? And so we do that a lot. Go away, right, Dayton? That yeah, well, culture yeah. isn't going anywhere. Right. And so comparison, if, if you're in the world of comparison, you, you slay the originality of you, who God made you to be. Um, comparison kills your love, kills your joy. Comparison kills your contentment. It kills your peace. It kills your harmony. So everything that you need and desire in relationship, comparison destroys that. Everything that you need in a successful family, love, peace, harmony, um, joy, togetherness, comparison destroys that. And so you have to, you, you've got to understand that you, you've been made uniquely uh, by our creator. You have special gifts. God has a plan for you. You can't repeat that enough. You can't tell yourself that enough. Don't slay the originality of you. You were made an original, not a copy, to quote one of my mentors, Tim Cash. And, um, you know, one of the things that held me back on, on being a general manager in baseball, because I, the first two opportunities I had to become a GM, I didn't even, I turned them down um, because my model was John Sherholtz. And I'm, I never thought I could be as good as John Sherholtz. There's no way. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, I love scouting. I love player development. And I just couldn't do it the way he did it. I mean, John was a, uh, an executive that could have been successful at, leading any company in the world. He just happened to, to do it in, in baseball. And so, um, and Tim Cash said, you know what, you, you've got to do it your way. You can't try to copy uh, John Sherholtz. You just got to do it your way and be who you are and um, go lead in a way that, uh, you know, works for you. You don't have to do it like somebody else does it. And that's Learn freeing. You know, if you can really get to that place, isn't that just the, it's just freeing. And I know for me, I had a family member once tell me, Miranda, there's only one audience that matters. Yeah. And it's God. Yeah. And I, you know, in leadership, there's so many different stakeholders that you're trying to please. 
-hmm. and you want to be the best in all these different areas. And you do look up to these people. Um, but when you, if you can just, you know, take a step back and remind yourself that very thing, that there's really only one audience that matters. It yeah. just helps you with everything else. Well, I'll share, I'll share this with you and, and I've, I've shared this privately. I've never shared this really publicly a whole lot, but, and again, I, I like that. I mean, I've always told our son and our, and our daughters in the dance world, you know, you perform for an audience of one and that's Jesus. Right. And so when John Sherman took ownership of our team, he called me, we had a very, um, uh, private conversation about the future of the organization as it pertained to my role. And I told John, I said, John, um, uh, I work for God. I want you to know that that's who I work for. I'll respect your authority. I'll do whatever you want me to do, uh, in this organization. I, I hope you want me to remain as the general manager. I enjoy this role of leadership, but I mean, that's who I work for. And I said, I've been happy in every position I've ever had in the game. I was really happy when I was um, a volunteer baseball coach. I was really happy as an area scout. I was really happy when I was running the international department and the professional department. And I was really happy as a farm director and, and a personnel guy. And, and um, you know, that's, that's not going to change. Mm -hmm. mm, that's when you know that you're exactly where God wants you, yeah. you know? 